Welcome to Under the Lens. Come and enjoy an extraordinary, raw, and unfiltered podcast that delivers debate, discussions, and interviews about film, pop culture, and everything in between. Here is your host, film critic and journalist, Byron Lafayette. today to present to you an interview with Jason Offit. Jason Offit is a journalist and paranormal researcher and investigator. He's the author of many books, including Chasing American Monsters, Darkness Walks, The Shadow People Amongst Us, and What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. In his life, he's been a farmhand, journalist, photographer, bartender, and the mayor of that same small town. Jason now teaches journalism at Northwest Missouri State University in Maryville, and keeps the world safe from the forces of evil. I hope you enjoy our discussion. I must offer a small apology, as the interview was recorded a year or so ago and was over the phone, so the quality is not as good as I would like it. Well, let's get started with Chasing American Monsters with Jason Offit. Uh, what got you interested uh, in the paranormal and kind of got you down, down the road as a paranormal researcher? Well, I, I was always interested in uh, in everything strange. When uh, when I was a kid, um, I never watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, because they had uh, reruns of Lost in Space on at the same time on a different channel. So I watched that instead. Uh, so I was really big into science fiction, and I got into uh, horror uh, at probably too young of age. And, and, and I was a kid uh, when you got... Um, uh, the Scholastic Book Club order form in elementary school. You know, I'd, you know, friends were ordering, you know, biographies of the president or baseball players, and I was getting books on the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's stuff I was interested in, and, and, and some of it had to do with, with my interest in, in science fiction and horror, but, but some of it also had to do with the fact that um, I saw a full-bodied uh, apparition when I was about eight years old, and that made me wonder what's actually out there. So I, I think that um, all those things together got me interested. That's very fascinating. Wow. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that must have had, had quite an impact on you at that age, seeing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd walk into, uh, I walked into our hallway. It was the middle of the day, I know, because the light was terrific. And uh, the, the hallway that I was going into uh, we was this dad put all our bookshelves there, and I was going to get a book. And mm -hmm. there's a little boy standing in there, and I could see the, I could see the bookshelves through this guy, and we just kind of stared at each other for a while until he blinked, and that broke my shock for enough time for me to turn around and go into my bedroom and shut my door. Oh man, that's fascinating! Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, and, yeah. and I haven't seen one since, thankfully. Uh huh. <laughs> that, that's funny because I remember I first um, I uh, I uh, listened to your interview on Coast to Coast, and uh, oh, you know, thank you. Uh -huh, yeah, it was a very good interview, and I and I remember I really liked one thing you said, you know, because I've always been interested in like paranormal and reading about it, and I liked what you said when you said that uh, you said you love the paranormal but you don't want to experience it. Yeah, I love it as long as it's happening to somebody else. If uh, it's happening to me, yeah, I don't love it anymore. Uh, yes, I, I really like that comment. You know, so, and so, you know, your, your journey, you know, you're an author, you're a writer and such. Um, you know, uh, what would you say was a, a major thing that influenced you to get 
you where you are today as a as a writer and an author? Oh, as as a writer, uh, realizing I wasn't any good mm-hmm. <laughs> it really <laughs> helped me because in school and in, in in high school, I was the best writer I knew. When I was in college and all my writing classes, I considered myself better than everybody else. And and having that in my head. Uh, I even I got a couple of articles published in a national magazine when I was in college, and at that point I'm like, I'm good, you know, I don't have to get better. And and then when I graduated and I got a job as a newspaper reporter, I realized I didn't know anything seriously, anything about putting words together the right way. I I realized, man, I'm not any good at all. I've got to work hard to make myself better, and that is is what. You know, what what got me as an author when I realized that I had a lot of room for improvement, and um, that I yeah I was not the best. I was I was I was close to the bottom, and 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 that's what I tell my kids and, and my students. I teach journalism at a university. Is that uh, go into this thinking you stink because there's only one way to go, and that's that that uh, uh, takes that, hard work. Uh, yeah, that that is excellent advice because that is it is true. You know, t- tenacity is is uh, is very important in journalism and in writing. Well, and in in everything, I, I kind of I, I liken this to when I was a kid. I loved baseball. I just loved baseball, but you know, I'm really not an athlete. But I wanted to play. I wanted to start on my uh, on the little league team. So I, you know, <laughs> through the years that I played little league baseball, I I just busted my butt. Uh, practicing and practicing and practicing until I was good enough to to start on the team. I still was, you know, on, on the bottom of of the starters. I wasn't that good, but I I worked hard enough to where I could, you know, get my goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's excellent. And yeah. well, you know, you mentioned, you know, that you you teach journalism. Uh, you know, do um do your students find you know your uh, your your profession as a paranormal researcher? Do that? Do they find that really interesting? Yes, uh, yeah, they do. I get I, students that I don't know will will stop by my office just to talk to me about it. Uh, I've I've also uh, used that to encourage students um, uh, to 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 go into writing more. Uh, I've offered a class called Paranormal Journalism. Uh, I, I don't offer it every semester, of course. Just every few years, I'll offer it, but. Uh, it fills up quick. Oh, I would imagine because that'd be very that would be a very interesting topic. I would think. <laughs> Yes. Well, we the, the basic the basic uh, premise behind it is to to get the students, you know, one more 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 writing work, uh, more more writing practice. But but two is to get them to think about certain topics a different way. Um, the um, the stories that come out in in mainstream media for ghost sightings or Bigfoot or uh, UFO sightings. Uh, you know, for UFOs, they'll play the the X Files theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story on a ghost sighting, they'll, they'll reference Ghostbusters. They'll reference Harry and the Hendersons when it comes to to a Bigfoot encounter, and that automatically makes light of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I, even if the rest of their story is good, solid, straight work, they've already made fun of it, mm-hmm. um, which which just belittles it. So it, it's basically using a fun a fun topic to to get my students to look uh, seriously at all topics. Mm. Oh, that that makes that makes a lot of sense because it it is true a lot of the a lot of the media and reporting kind of you know doesn't take a lot of it seriously. That is right. very true. Right. You know, 
Uh, and then the people who've had these encounters take them very seriously. So the you know the news should as well. No, exactly. Yeah, because you know um, you know experiences you know, experiences, you know, no matter how strange, you know, to somebody, it's, it's very real and can be very frightening for somebody. Well, yeah, obviously, and, and things have changed since I've been writing. I just, my first, uh, my first uh, book on the paranormal came out in 07, I think, and uh, I, I had a hard time getting people to talk with me, but uh, because they were worried about, you know, being, being made fun of, mm-hmm. and since then, um, you know, people will open up a lot more, partly because they know I'm not personally going to make fun of them because I treat the story, you know, the subject seriously. But with, with all of the the paranormal shows on, it's really helped people open up about their own encounters. Mm, yeah, well, that's really cool because yeah, a, a lot of it, like you said, is very you know people don't don't talk about it as much. <laughs> right, which which it, it it's it's good to talk about it. I didn't talk about my ghost sighting for thirty years. Wow, <laughs> and. Yeah, and finally, when I did, I I, I felt better. It's like mm-hmm. I guess it's like going to a, to a counselor and telling some of your darkest secrets. It, it makes you feel better getting them out in the open. No, it, it's very it's very true, you know. And and kind of once you talk about stuff, it it, it kind of takes you know the the stigma you feel and everything. It, it kind of goes away. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of kind of going off of what you said of you know of uh, of you know people you know find you know not uh not wishing to talk about it as much you know and uh and kind of the way the media handles it and such um you know a lot of people you know sometimes you know when they think of the paranormal they think you know oh it's scary something terrifying whatever um so in your opinion what allows researchers and investigators to kind of you know go beyond the fear of it and kind of just dig for the truth and view it as like a research project well, when it comes to me, that's just what I do because I was a journalist you know, for, for 17 years. So all of my research, all of my interviews, how I approach things are like I would approach any news story. And, uh, and I personally, I like that approach more because I, I go through, uh, you know, I, I go through it more logically than, than somebody just out talking about, ooh, what happened that, that, that scared you? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot more to it than, than, than the actual event. What happened in, in that house before? What what happened on, you know, in, in this area? Have there been a lot of Bigfoot encounters? You know, what what about this, uh, you know, UFO, supposed UFO landing? What kind of trace evidence was there? Uh, so investigating it like that for me is a lot more fulfilling than just, just getting the, oh, I saw this and it scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense and going, going at it from, from the method of your career. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know any other way to go about it. No. <laughs> I try, that's one of the things that, that I, I try to be as honest with my reader as I possibly can, and, and, and that, to me, is the best way for me to do it. Man, that's awesome. I, I agree 100% with that. And so, you know, going uh, on to a little bit with your, your newest book, you know, Chasing American Monsters, uh, what influenced you to, uh, to compile and write that? Well, I had written a... Uh, news column, a paranormal news column called uh, From the Shadows. I wrote it for four and a half years, and I noticed that a whole lot of creepy crawlies were in my general area. And so I just casually started lumping monsters together that I'd come across a news story here, you know, and a piece of historical uh, evidence here. Uh, somebody contacted me with their personal story here. 
And I started putting them together and realizing that there are a lot of, you know, not just famous monsters from some states, um, but there are, you know, ones that people have never, never heard of. And, and, uh, and although I like regional books, if I want to find out, you know, things in my home state, if I haven't written it, I'll pick one up and read it. Mm. But um, I, I, I thought, you know, to have a book that will touch everybody in, in, in the country in one way or another, uh, I think that would be a nice compendium to, to put together. So that's, that's where I got the idea for that. Ah, excellent. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, and this, this, may, uh, this may be an incorrect statement, um, but uh, in your opinion, why do you think, you know, um, it, it feels like kind of like America seemingly has more monster sightings and more like variety of, of monster sightings than a lot of other nations around the world? And in your opinion, you know, uh, why is that? Do you think it's geographical or just the size of the country or, or what do you think? I think that just more stories have been uh, have been written, uh, and and you know maybe maybe you know it hasn't been that more stories have been written, but we haven't you know read uh, chasing China's monsters mm. that could be out there. It could be uh, it could be written about all the all the monsters in China. I, I think that monster stories are prevalent everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think America's uh, got more monsters than other places. Uh, I'm, I'm working on chasing Canada's monsters right now. Oh, very and, cool. uh, right. And there, there are, I mean, and, and you know, Mexico might be next because they've got a long tradition of, of really scary, creepy creatures down there. It's just that, you know, the American ones are the, the, the ones that we're, uh, you know, we're exposed to with, uh, with American media. Mm -hmm. ah, excellent. Uh -huh. and so, you know, of, of all the areas of the paranormal that you've researched uh, and studied, uh, what subject do you find most compelling? So, you know, monsters, UFOs, ghost stories, you know, um, supernatural. Time travel. Mm, interesting. <laughs> always been fascinated by well not just time but but like dimensional shifts because I, I've talked with people who've had really weird things happen to them uh, and they could have stepped back in time or somebody they encountered could have stepped into our time from a different time or maybe slipped over from a different uh, different dimension uh, I mean that's I wrote a book of oh nine I believe yeah it's oh nine on on shadow people and that was of all the conclusions I came to, I came to a bunch of conclusions about what they could be, but one of them uh, was, you know, maybe, just maybe we, you know, they appear in places where, where the, the window is thin between our dimension and this other one, and all we can see of those people is their shadows. Mm, very yeah, interesting. I, yeah, these absolutely, uh, you know, time travel in different dimensions absolutely fascinates me, and especially because science says, that both of these things exist, mm -hmm. they, or they can exist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the time travel and uh, and and you know extra dimensions. Mm -hmm. oh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I saw your I saw your book on the shadow people, and that one looked very fascinating. And uh, I want to order that one as, as well as your chasing American monsters. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that one was uh, the shadow people one. Is I had a number of people comment. Um, uh, that I love this book, but I couldn't finish it because it scared me too much. Because <laughs> uh, it is definitely, it is definitely a, a creepy, creepy topic, you know. But like you said, a lot of people have. I, I've heard a lot of stories of people, people seeing 
things like that. You know, my, my mom had a, had a uh, incident where she, she saw something like that, and it was, you know, very odd, <laughs> to say the least. Right, right. And, and there are, uh, you know, a lot of times, I mean, because I, um, I, I, I saw a shadow person in, uh, when I was a kid, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't talk to anybody else about this. Well, except for my parents when I screamed that there was a man in my room. Uh, but I didn't talk to anybody about it until um, the 90s when, when Art Bell uh, started talking about shadow people on his, on his radio program. And then I realized, wow, it wasn't just me. Mm. Other people have seen this too. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of what these things could be. And that's, that's why I started on that book. Mm, very interesting. Wow. <laughs> So you know, uh, um, you know, you've uh, you've been a lot of things. You know, you're an educator. You know, you've been a journalist, paranormal researcher, an author. Um, you know, even a, a mayor. Um, you know, and uh, of you know all these different uh, different um, you know uh, um, portions of your career that you've done. Um, do you find that that all these these elements complement each other? It, everything works together. Uh, everything that you do in life is is going to set you up for the next thing, and 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 I and I will, um, you know, I, I look back at everything that uh, that I've done and, and accomplished, and it all helps me, uh, you know, be a better writer, and uh, and you know, helps me with, uh, uh, you know, storytelling, which which is what I've always wanted to do, just tell people stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. And so I have a couple of a couple of fun questions here for you. Um, so, uh, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned on your site, you know, that you, you like conspiracy theories and you like to read about them. So, um, of all the ones that you have read about, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh my gosh, my favorite, um, I think my favorite, and, and, and by favorite, I'm going to say the most fun, I don't know if fun's a word I could use, should use because there's an assassination involved with it, but... <laughs> the one, the, it, it's my favorite. It, it's it's the one that I don't think is true whatsoever. There's not there's not one per, a one percent chance that this is actually right. But there's a guy who, and he's got a website. I don't remember what it's, what what the name of it is, but you could Google and find it. That this guy is solidly convinced uh, that in 1980, Mark David Chapman did not pull the trigger and assassinate John Lennon. Really, it was not him. Yeah, it was not. It was not Chapman standing in front of the Dakota, and waiting for Chap for uh, for uh, for Lennon to come out. This guy is convinced that it was author Stephen King. Oh wow, that is a very interesting interesting conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah, and and again, when it, when it comes to is this true or not, that one is not. Uh-huh. But it's you know <laughs> just by it's you know it's so far out there. I I just it just. Yeah, it cracks me up. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look that one up because I hadn't heard that one, and that sounds like like you said, you know, assassinations aren't fun, but it sounds like an an, an interesting one to read, so to speak. Right, you it know? is, it is. Oh man, so um, you know, you also mentioned, you know, the, uh, that you're a Star Trek fan. So, um, of you know all the movies and the TV shows, is there a particular one that you like to go back to, or that you find was the best made, or your favorite to to watch? Oh, I just uh, oh, the best made was probably the last few seasons of uh, the Next Generation. But the one that I always go back to is the first one I I fell in love with, which was the original series. Um, 
there was just I mean the 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 the, the cast worked you know play off each other so well. Uh, I thought the storylines were intriguing. Uh, the the view of the future to where hey doesn't matter what what you know sex color nationality anything you are we all get along doesn't matter if you got pointed ears or not we're all friends mm-hmm. you know that that view of, of of the future was uh you know at, especially at that time when it came out was oh yeah um, it was unheard of but it's yeah it's, it's, that's that's my favorite favorite star trek Excellent. No, yeah, because that is very true. Because um, you know, I remember I, I wrote an article about it, about how he had, you know, at the height of the Cold War, you know, he had a a Russian character on the bridge of the Enterprise, and that was just considered so controversial at the time. Yeah, ab- absolutely, it was. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, stories about the original Star Trek was um, Michelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have we have we have a, a female African American in a command position mm. on on the bridge, and she didn't feel like she was getting you know enough you know enough of the story. She didn't feel like and she just didn't feel satisfied with the work. So she was thinking about quitting, mm-hmm. and she had mentioned that I guess she was she I, I don't remember what what you know what the situation was, but she was talking with. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. about this, and he's like, "No, mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. You cannot quit that, that that role. You know, you know how many how many young women are looking up to you. You've got to stay on." So she she stayed on the show. Wow, that's that's really fascinating. I hadn't heard about that that story. That's yeah. very that's very inspiring. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. When 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 Dr. King. Uh, suggest you do something. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I'm gonna feel compelled to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. So, oh, so I, I have to ask you then. So, have you um, have you seen any of the new uh, the new show, Star Trek Discovery? Um, yeah, I'm too cheap to, to have uh, <laughs> to have Netflix and CBS All Access. So uh, uh, I had to wait. Uh, I had to wait till it came out on DVD and. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw season one, and I was impressed. Uh, there are a few issues I had with it, but overall, uh, with with the cast, especially the, the lead actress, I can't remember mm-hmm. her name, who plays Burnham. She's mm-hmm. absolutely terrific. Mm-hmm. She is um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she is. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and uh, mm-hmm. and I know season two is going on right now, and I haven't seen any of it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh. Well, yeah, when, once you get a chance to see season two, like if if you enjoyed season one, it's 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 even it's even better than the first season, and it has a lot more um, connectivity with the original series. So it's very, I've been enjoying it very much. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I've heard. Uh, mm-hmm. Friends of mine who started watching season two have said if you enjoyed season one, which I loved it, they said it just keeps getting better. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that very much. Uh, so you know. Um, what would you, uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give to, you know, somebody who's who's listening to this or, you know, reading reading the article who wants to be a paranormal researcher um, or investigator? What advice would you give them? To look at things scientifically first. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really frustrates me when people are like, yeah, we've got this paranormal investigating team. And I'm like, yeah, but you're a mail carrier and you're a plumber. And yeah, you yeah, you're a teacher. You you, mm-hmm. you teach kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know ab- about the paranormal? And and I'm not belittling these guys at all. It's just that they they'll go out on the weekends and 
and do these, um, you know, take out their EMF meters and their, their Frank's box or their audio recorders and, and their cameras and heat sensing and, um, you know, we'll try and, you know, get together all this, this evidence. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing evidence in air quotes, which I'm sure you can see from all the way in California. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's because I've seen some really compelling things. I've heard some really compelling um, uh, EMF, uh, you know, not EMF, but um, um, EVPs. I've, I've heard some really convincing EVPs mm -hmm. that I've been in the room when they were recorded. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, this is only evidence to the people who collects it to collect it. Mm -hmm. If you you got to go in with the realization to know that you're not going to make your mark on science mm -hmm. because it takes people with with a PhD out in the field uh, discovering something and then hoping it repeats because science science is all about the methods all about setting up the experiment and its repeatability mm -hmm. and uh, unless you're doing things scientifically nobody's nobody with any official stance is going to uh, is going to take it seriously mm -hmm. I mean I hate to be such a downer but that's 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 what I feel oh well no but you know it's 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 very it's, it's very good you know because like you said you know focusing on the science aspect also that that lends credibility you know to the uh, you know, to the, the the science, so to speak, of investigating. Right, but and and just and, and to to give some uh, some hope for people uh, to to discover something unknown. You don't have to have a scientific degree to to hit Bigfoot with a truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, you can you can discover Bigfoot Bigfoot's alive or was alive before you hit it with your truck, but you can you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> That's a very very good way to put it there. <laughs> Man, uh, well, you know, I really appreciate you you chatting with me, you know, and answering questions. You know, um, yeah, this is a this is a lot of yeah. fun. Hey, I really enjoyed talking with you. I uh, I appreciate the opportunity.